Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of the next workshop coming up August 12th through the 14th in Texas. So call us today at 210-822-8201 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Jonathan, and we have back, finally, after like, it seems like forever, we have Stephen back with us. And how are you doing? I am good. I'm excited. I'm ready. I've got some shows lined up, and I'm ready to go to work. Well, good, because I, I know that, you know... As as wonderful as uh, so many of our guests have been on the program, we've got all of our core diehard listeners that have been wondering where where's Stephen where been? What's, been? What's what's he up to? You know, so. at the last Gateway, several men came up to us at the seminar and said, "Wow, I listen to your podcasts," and uh, you know, it sort of blesses me when somebody mm, says sure, that. Yeah. My wife and I, we listen to your podcast, or can I get your autograph like I'm somebody important, you know? And uh, can we take a picture? I want to show my wife what you look like. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just fun. That's awesome. Well, we are glad to have you back. And uh, listeners, thank you for uh, your support and how you have come alongside of us uh, financially and with prayer and uh, so we just want to thank you for that. We are a listener-supported broadcast, and uh, we're grateful to your partnership. Uh, if any of you out there want to learn how you can partner with us, simply go to puresexradio.com and click on the Donate button. So, Stephen, uh, you're you're back. You're here with full force. So what do there you got you for go. us this week? Well, I had a conversation with a gentleman, a brother, and and he is saying, you know what I want and so I started writing down as quick as I could because it's like, if this is what one man wants, 
I bet it's what a lot of men want. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try it out on you, and I'm going to let you sort of tell me what you think. Now, some of these lines you have actually said at the Gateway to Freedom Weekend. Well, and then, but but you have to understand that many of those are probably stolen from somewhere else. So <laughs> that's kind of how it works, you know. I was going to say, <laughs> I remember the conference we were at where the guy originally said these things that we borrowed and yeah. have made our own. That's funny. So he says to me, I want to be fully known. I'm tired of secrets. I'm tired of hiding. I want somebody to really know me. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, wow, that sounds good. I want to be known because then I want, I want to put something with it because originally we heard these together. I want to be known and I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want to be enough. I want to be okay. I just want you to know this is what I carry. This is who I am. And that's all I got. And I hope it's enough. And I want you to know me. And in the end, I want you to do what Jesus would do. Just love me. Well, when I when I think about this statement, I think, yes, absolutely. I agree with the idea that I, I want to be, be known. But sometimes I think of that more in the sense of I want to belong. Mm. So it's like, you know, you walk into your church and you want people to know you. You want people to say, hey, you, hey, Jonathan, you're, you're and and I. So there's that kind of level of wanting to be known is, hey, I belong, I, I belong in this group. I belong at this church. I belong, uh, you know, in this community. Then there's... Uh, yeah, go then ahead, because I think this is a third one we have to add to the list. I want a place. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is I almost think there's two l- major layers to this idea of wanting to be known. One is what is this idea of I want to belong. I want a place where I, where I feel like yes. I belong. The other layer, though, is I think sometimes where we where we struggle because the other layer is I want to be known at a deep level where someone knows my brokenness, someone knows my flaws, someone knows my mistakes. Yes. And I think that's where that love component comes in. I want to be known and loved. I don't want to be known at that level and then completely and utterly rejected. For being right. known. Yeah, for, we know you and you're you know, bad. Yeah, exactly. You're stupid, dumb, lazy. Get out of here. I don't want to be known and rejected. That's right. So I think I think that known kind of has two really big layers, this idea of belonging, but then also kind of the deep, dark secrets known. You know, this whole idea of, of belonging is really interesting because I think we crave friendships, fellowship, union. We get married. Even the most lonely guy doesn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, they'll sit in my office. He goes, I don't want to talk. But I don't want to be alone. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is the problem here, you know? So the loneliest guy knows I don't really want to be alone. I live I live detached and disconnected, but I don't want to be alone. I want to belong somewhere. And I think that's I mean, I think that's a really common struggle for most men because if you think about it, um many men didn't have good training on how to relate well with others, how to really connect well. And so that's that's where they're left. They've learned how to function in environments where there are other people present, but they don't know how to actually connect in those environments. So they kind of live in this place where they say, I sort of carry my life in loneliness, but I know how to function in a work setting or in a home setting or in a church setting. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are bringing themselves into that place 
in a way that is being known. Does that make sense? Right. And I think when we're functioning and going through the motions and doing the right thing, it doesn't mean we're always present and connected. We do the right thing, but we can still be hiding or wounded or fearful. And so to be known and accepted and loved and have a place of belonging, those are like the basics. Mm -hmm. So then he went on and he said, I want to be enjoyed. And I thought, me too. I want to be enjoyed. I want joy around me. I want to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, wow, that is really good. It's what you said when you show up and someone says, hey, Jonathan, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I, I missed you. I missed enjoying you. You're here. That's when somebody actually wants to see you. That's you know, right. It's not when you see them ducking into a closet <laughs> when you're coming, you know. But they, they're excited and they bring their joy, mm -hmm. right? They bring their joy. And it's like, you want to bring your joy to me? I want to bring my joy to you. I want enjoyment. I don't want survival, coping, getting along, wondering and mystery as we sit in the same room. It's so funny because... I had a woman tell me once, my husband can sit in the same room with me for hours and never say a word. And it sort of makes me nuts. Here you are, just a few feet away, but you don't enjoy me. You don't mm. play with me. You don't engage me. You don't talk to me. So let's, let's uh, help, me, help me understand that a little bit because uh, in, that, in that particular example, you're saying that this woman felt enjoyed by by talking and so maybe there that's part of how people have to explore themselves and say how do i feel enjoyed because not everybody feels enjoyed in the same way like for instance i i i believe it or not i'm actually an introvert so when i talk about coming into my church and let's say feeling like i belong i'm not necessarily saying i would like it if somebody all the way across the sanctuary is running across the sanctuary, yelling my name out, going, John, and creating all of this attention around. I would not feel enjoyed in that moment. I'd feel like, oh, man, I want to kind of, I don't want that sort of spectacle. To me, feeling enjoyed in that environment would mean, as I'm just sort of a wallflower in the foyer, somebody quietly comes up to me and says, hey, John, good to see you. You know, kind of a one-on-one -on -one eye contact yeah. and so sometimes we just we have to know how do i feel enjoyed because maybe we need to if i can put it this way sort of train some of the people around us about yeah, what makes absolutely. us feel enjoyed and it's interesting because when someone yells across the room and brings a lot of attention somebody else would go wow i feel special mm -hmm. you went out of your way to find me and and everybody said was looking at you waving at me and wow this is a very pleasurable moment on the other hand, you're going, this is kind I would of feel embarrassed. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I thought you were going to say. So the commonality is to come close and be present, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in the story I was telling, you sit in the same room, but it's like two people in different, you could be in different mountaintops, mm -hmm. you know, and sitting right there and, and not talking because there's a great chasm, but there isn't, real, there's four feet or, you know, mm -hmm. and so what's going on that, you don't want to know me. You don't want to enjoy me. You don't want to make me laugh and cut up and 
and poke me and tickle and rub my toes. And you know what kids do? They enjoy whatever there is to enjoy. Mm-hmm. If there's a dirt pile, we're going to enjoy it. If there's leaves, if there's a tree, we're going to climb it, right? If there's a stream, we're going to jump in it. We're going to enjoy and be present and find joy in the moment. Mm. So, and then the next closely followed is to be played with. Play with me. Bring your child who's once explored the world and play with me. Be silly. Sing songs. You know, let me know that we don't have to be so serious all the time and right all the time and good all the time. That, that we can just play together like we did when we were kids. And I think this is another one of those areas that obviously there can be a whole bunch of different ways in which that is expressed. Uh, you know, I know that for 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 me and my relationship with my wife, one of the ways that we we can do this is I I love to just be sort of witty and sarcastic and just so our the the play is a lot of times with word volleys. You know, we're just yes. kind of bantering and and that can be really fun. I find that really enjoyable, just being kind of silly with words sometimes and. You have some of those inside jokes and just right. that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> My daughter will tell me, Dad, I, I I say things that you would say and you and I would laugh at to my other friends and they go, huh? They don't get it yet. They don't get it, you know, and it's so funny because we'll cut up with words and be silly and sort of dorky, you know, that kind of thing. So this is a guy who's saying, this is what I want. I have been distracted. I've been caught up in a, a sexual addiction. I'm, I've come out of it and I've been working a long time. And it's like, I know what I need. And I want to tell my spouse what I need. And I'm hoping she's not so damaged or caught up herself that she can really engage me. And what we're talking about is what what a healthy relationships really look like. Mm-hmm. Well, a guy woke up and said, I get it. I know what a healthy relationship really looks like to me. And, he, and so we're going down this list. He said, I want someone to explore life with me. The little innuendos, the subtleties, the flavorings of life. I want to explore and learn. And you and your wife just took a trip, right? Mm-hmm. And you went yeah. to explore, right? And yeah. It's like the two of you in the unknown and you need each other and you're going on a journey to explore. Well, and I'll tell you right now, I totally get this one because, you know, this, this trip that my wife went on. So we went to Alaska and we got to see some incredible scenery and some of those kind of things. But you, you would, we'd go into these uh, cities and then you just kind of be on your own, you know, just kind of, we'd walk around and, and I have to admit, I, I can have, um, a type of adventurous spirit, but sometimes you put me in certain settings and I'm not exactly the, Lewis and Clark type <laughs> that wants to get out there and blaze the trail. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Having my one flesh partner with me. Yeah. I mean, just having her with me was like, okay, let's go see what that trail has. Or let's go. See. There is just, there's, there's a type of right. courage and type yes. of let's just do this together. And we can, we can do this. And so when you're in Juneau and you land at the base mm-hmm. and the hills are all on the hillside, did you walk up the hills and explore? What did you do? Well, we took a real adventure. We got on a city bus and we went to, uh, they dropped us off about a mile and a half outside of the park where Mindenhall Glacier is. And so uh. we just, so that was a type of adventure because it was like, hey, listen, we could either take 
this one bus that is kind of what ev- everybody's taking, but it's going to cost like 60 bucks. Or we could take the $2 city bus and get a whole different experience of Juno because we're going to hit all these stops and see some of the crazies along the way. And and then, then we take this long walk. So it was an adventure of its own, you know. And you went to see the Mendenhall Glacier, yeah, just beautiful. you and her. And it's like you huddle closer and you watch out for each other. And it's us exploring. It's like making memories. And the other thing, too, is when you when you take journeys, and I'm not even talking about a vacation or anything like that, but when you do that together, you you can kind of... Um, you can kind of look at each other and go, "You think we can do this? You, you want to do this? Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think?" And and it's not just you making all the decisions; it's you kind of combining your senses of adventure and desires and all that, and saying, "Let's see how this mixes together, and it forms its own new kind of adventure." Than if I was just here by myself trying to do these things. Yes, and it's funny; I can relate to you. I'm not going to be as courageous alone, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like you need a spouse. And their brain power and their insights and to check yourself and go, is this okay? Let's go this right or left, A or B. Let me check. Does this sound reasonable? Mm -hmm. So going down this list, he goes on to say, I want someone to enjoy me. And I want to enjoy someone else. I want to be in a relationship where it's obvious that, that someone finds pleasure in me and there's enjoyment and and it, it's what we've talked about. When when you see someone and you're glad to see someone, what does your face do? Smiles. It lights up. What do your eyes do? What is What are the words? What happens to your breathing when you see someone that you care about and you enjoy, right? Joy is brought to the moment. Mm-hmm. So I want to enjoy. I want someone to enjoy me and I want to enjoy someone. And you, if you think about how we're raised in some families, it's so stressful and difficult in coping. And, you know, I talked to people that are, you know, I was talking to a person. She said, I was the oldest, so I had to take care of everyone else. And it's like, all my life I've taken care of someone else. You know, and so so it's like I'm enjoyed if mm-hmm. I'm planning the party and, and bringing everything in. I'm responsible, then people are so glad. But. But I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I want to be enjoyed for who I am. And I think one very simple thing that can be done to facilitate this kind of mutual enjoyment is, you know, we are losing the art of smiling at one another. It's such a simple thing. And there is something very powerful about just a smile. And I'm, and sometimes we, we reserve that for our quote-unquote public face, like, oh, that's we kind of have this public facing side of our lives. And, and so we put on the smile for that. But when's the last time you just smiled at your spouse? Yes. You smiled at your kids. You know, there's something about you can show enjoyment of another human being by just smiling at them. And, and a guy was telling me, you know, I really haven't looked deeply into my wife's eyes since we got married. Mm. And this is like 10, 15 years later. It's like, I'm looking deeply into my wife's eyes. Mm-hmm. Just a little thing. But it's like, what was there? You start looking at someone, they go, is something on my face? What, right. Why are you looking at me? Is my shirt undone? Or, what, 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 what? Right? But it's like when we bring all of ourselves, Yeah, there's some excitement that happens. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, will you enjoy me? Because I want to enjoy you. Then he went on to say, I want to get past our old stories. You know, because you have a sad story and I have a sad story. And parents are imperfect and growing up is hard and other kids pick on us. And 
And in the beginning, lots of homes didn't have enough time, money, space, whatever, you know. And so life was hard. And I want to get past everything being hard and surviving. I want to live. Well, and I wonder if this is something because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you there's – there's one way of looking at this of saying, hey, let's just kind of forget about it. And there's another way of looking at it that says, let's just accept. Can we can we accept the realities of our histories? We're not having to say that we think it was great. We're not having to say that we think it was right. But can we just, you know, come to a place of acceptance that it is what it or it was it is what it was. <laughs> yes. I got <laughs> you know? what you're trying to say. And and therefore not have these things that are continually sort of uh, restraining you from the depth of relationship that you could have because you're still bound by what has happened to you. Right, and getting free in a healthy sort of way is yeah. what you're saying. You can't, you can't act like your story's not your story. That's not going to work. But I know what you're saying, and I think I understand <laughs> what this man is saying here, is can we get to a place where we are not having to relive over and over and over again right. the things that bound us up in the past. And that's there's a release in that of just saying, hey, you know what? You're imperfect. You got an imperfect history. Guess what? I do too. So let's kind of embrace and, and move forward. So he said, I see myself leaving old ways, the old me behind more and more, the unhealthy me, the stuck me, the old habitual small me. I'm leaving that part of me. I'm bringing the best of me and leaving the small part of me, the wounded part of me behind. And it's, and it's almost like an invitation to your spouse. Could you, could you leave some of your old stuff? And I'm going to leave some old stuff. And could we go forward just, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time? Or do we have to be stuck in the same old ways? I'm angry and you feel unloved. And every day, I'm angry, and you feel unloved, and I'm angry. Can we leave any of that one step at a time, go forward? And I would say, too, this is a, this is a great picture of, of just growth. Yes. You know, you're, you're letting certain things slough off, and you're, you're growing in the newness of, of a mature man, not, not saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep acting in these kind of childish ways. Yes. I love this next line. He said, I know what I want. I know what I want now. I know what, uh, he put two lines together. I know what I want and I know what I need. Mm. And I thought to myself, how many people can say that? <laughs> I understand myself. I know how I operate best. I've been doing silly, goofy, distracting things but I know what I need right now. I have not felt love, so I go look for pseudo-love in fantasy. But I know what I need. I need to be loved well. And if I could find true love, maybe I could let go of my grip I've had on escaping, fantasy, hiding, being divided. I know, I, I know deep down. And you know how powerful this is when a man takes a look at his life and says, why am I doing all that stupid stuff? And the answer is, I want to shut the pain down, and I want to find some way to feel better about myself and feel loved. What well, is an interesting? I think I think this is these are the kinds of statements that you can't say with real clarity when you're real young. You can say them. That's true. I know what I want. I know what I need. Almost in a rebellious 
Sure. In a simple way, I need a hot rod. That's what I need, you know? In a self-centered kind of way. But I think this is a guy who has, he's got some scars in his life. He's got some experience. And and he's come to a place where he's saying, actually, I I know what I truly want. and, And I know much better now what I actually need. And there's a maturity in those statements. Yes, that's good. And sometimes you can't really know what you want or what you need until you have some gone through some fires and you got some scars and you figure some things out. Well, and we do a lot of surviving and coping and escaping, right? Mm-hmm. But in the fight, and that's what I love about our, our the work we do, is we help people see themselves and their, what their deeper needs really are. And this guy said, not only do I see it, I want to say it now and I want to mm-hmm. tell my spouse and I want to know what her deeper need is. Because if we do that, then maybe some of the silly game playing, you know, mm-hmm. can be let go of. He said, he said, I'm in a growth mode right now. And I mean, I thought, wow, this is good. I'm reading John Eldridge's book on prayer. And he said it's two things. He said, there is a way that things work. We don't always understand it. Mm-hmm. But there is a way because God's predictable and consistent. There is a way. And then he said, God is growing us. God is growing all of us. This life is about growth. We're on a growth mission. And this guy said, I'm really on, engaged in growth. Uh, I'm in a growth mode, he said. I thought, wow, that's good. It is. And what I want to encourage our listeners with is, is that growth is, is movement in, in a direction of, toward maturity. But sometimes I can I can imagine some listeners out there hearing this guy saying, I'm in a growth mode, and they have this sense of of speed. Mm. Growth, I think, in terms of moving toward maturity is more often measured in inches than in miles. So if you can think of it as like, hey, you may be in a growth mode too. It just may, maybe it feels slower than the guy next to you. But I think in some ways we're all on a growth journey. It just kind of depends on, not only which direction we're growing, and then also at what pace we're growing. But Right, and I think some people really dig into it. I mean, Absolutely. they read their word. They read their a book, a self-help book. They're listening for new ideas. They're really, And some people are sort of oblivious going through life, going, eh, whatever today, whatever the moment. Eh. And I think, we, I think we, go through, we can even go through seasons of that. And I think what this guy is saying, hey, I'm hitting this stride now where I'm, I'm into a growth mode now. Or maybe, maybe I had some seasons previously. Maybe even my just most recent season was not that. But now yes. I'm in a growth mode. I'm feeling it. I'm getting some momentum. So he says, I've come to a realization I want to be enough. I just want to feel like I'm enough. And I thought to myself, every time we go to a weekend and men mm-hmm. tell us their story, it's like, I'm not enough. I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough as a boy. My father didn't enjoy me like I was enough. I was left alone. I never felt like I was enough. And I mean, it's sort of a common theme, right? Mm-hmm. And when he said, I, I want to be enough, I want to give myself permission to be enough. I want to think about myself from my Heavenly Father's view. And he says I'm enough. Mm -hmm. So I want to be enough. I really want to believe this thought. I'm enough. Well, and that's just embracing such a grace mentality of saying, okay, listen, we we know our histories are imperfect. We know we haven't made the right decisions every time. But 
you know what? There is nothing about us that God says, nah, you're, listen, you just, you don't, you don't measure up enough for me to love you. And the fact of the matter is, guess what? None of us measure up yeah. and he still loves us. He still says, so if that isn't the message that says, hey, you're enough for me, then I don't know what, what is, you know, he gives us that identity of enough. That's right. And th- that's it. When he said, I'm love, and when you show up, that's what I do. I just love you. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm weighing to see, are you three quarters, or are you a quarter, or half, or three? How much are, do you, are you, how much enough are you? You're mm-hmm. enough. So he says, I'm past hiding and being divided in secret. I'm, I'm owning my struggle, and I'm talking about it. I'm, being, I'm bringing it to the light. No more hiding. You know, this one I think is huge because I, th- I, I know... I know a lot of men never get to this point. Women too, but I think there's a lot of people that never get to this point where they say, I'm past hiding. Mm. There's just always an angle, always yes. a pitch, always a facade, always something that's got to be covered up. And this is a hugely mature statement, I think, to finally say, I, in all of my brokenness, shrouded in the grace of God, I have no reason to hide anymore. That's huge. Because when I hide it, I hide it from me, I hide it from you, I hide it from God, like I can, right? I don't engage it, I pretend, that's good. So he says, I want to be loved, and I want to be loved really well. And I'm tired of pseudo-love, going to take love, setting up a scenario where I can get love. I just want to be loved well. Well, folks, we hope this has helped you. Just, uh, you know, I believe this is what every man wants. And if you're... Uh, wanting to move closer to some of these things on your journey, please contact us. We want to be able to help you as you move forward and mature in your journey. And we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. dot